Okay, guys, there's five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight.
What's up, what's up, Bridget? How are we doing tonight? You guys are getting louder, come on! How are you doing tonight? That was a bit better. I'll take it. <laughs> what's everyone? Good enough. My name's Isaiah. My name's Trinity. We're your guys' service hosts tonight. Yep, yep. All right, if everyone wants to stand up to your feet real quick, we're going to start with our family time question. Trinity, what's our question for tonight? Our question. All right, guys. In You guys have to pick your favorite accent and then introduce yourself to somebody new in that accent. So it's not really a question, but you get to talk in a British <laughs> accent if you want or whatever accent you choose. Choose so start whichever talking to people. is your favorite. Say your name, a fun fact about yourself maybe. everybody. All right, guys, go ahead and find your seats. You might be wondering, hey, how come we're not standing on the stage right now? Uh, really quick, raise your hand if you think you have a good accent. Mm. All right, cool. 
I'm gonna choose one. Wait, no, keep your hand up. Keep your hand keep up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Mm. All right. I think our buddy over here's got a good accent. You want to give us yeah. your best one? Introduce yourself, and then you can give us a fun fact about you. In whichever accent you like the best. My favorite accent is the Japanese accent, and introducing myself is. That was sick. <laughs> that was Japanese, okay. That was sick. <laughs> All right, and I got one more right here too. All Same right. thing. Your name. Uh, you can say where you're, like, where you're from, and then like a fun fact. Huh? Uh, no. Front. You want to go to the front? And do it. All right, he wants to come to the front and do it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hype him up real quick. Come on, give him, a, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Woo! All right, go ahead. My name is Evan. I'm from Canada, and I like to play hockey, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it up for Evan. Oh, yeah. Woo! Thank you. That was perfect. I love that. <laughs> I suck at accents. I'm kind of jealous. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm really glad I didn't have to do one, or else it would have been trouble. <laughs> all right, guys. We have a few announcements for you all. If you're not already, follow us on social media, Instagram and TikTok at BridgeYTH underscore. Get all the details. Stay up to date with everything you guys don't want to miss out. So go ahead and follow us on those. Also, if you guys have any toys or offerings, you guys go ahead and give in the box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, for real though, if you, have, if you guys have any toys or offerings, we have the bucket in the back right by the double doors where you guys entered through. Or if you guys don't have any like physical like money you guys want to give, if you guys want to give online, you guys could do that and just select Bridge Youth when you guys are giving. We also have Bridge Youth on Sundays for Connect Groups. What? If you guys aren't ready going, you should also go to those. Um, they happen. Sundays at 11.30 service, during second service, we hang out, talk to our friends, have a good time, talk about this message a little bit more this in one? depth. Tonight? This one, tonight. Oh, okay. Tonight. I know. So be there. You guys don't want to miss it. Also, we're back with Bible clubs. So that means we're back on your guys' campuses at your schools. But you might be wondering, oh, are you guys at my school? You guys could DM us at what on Instagram? BridgeYTH underscore. BridgeYTH underscore. If you don't know if we're on your campus or not, DM us. We'll let you know if we're there for Bible clubs. It's a super awesome time. I know sometimes they have pizza parties and stuff, so you might want to show up for that even. Oh, yeah. Do you guys know what time it is? What time is it? Worship! Woo! What's up, what's up, Bridge Youth? Hey, I hope you guys all had a warm and cozy Wednesday. But we're gonna start this night out with some worship, so let's put those hands up like this. Come on, hey, 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 hey. Come on, we sing. At break of day, in hope we rise, we speak your name, we lift our eyes, tune our hearts into your being, where we walk, there you'll be. Fire in our eyes, our lives alight, your love untamed, it's blazing now, the streets will glow forever bright, your glory is breaking through the night. You 
will never fade away Your love is here to stay by my side of my life Shining through me every day You will never fade away Your love is here to stay by my side of my life Shining through me every day for us tonight, God. Come and have your way in this place, Jesus. That's our prayer. Come on, we sing. As the Spirit was moved over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moved over the water, Spirit, come move 
you come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. to say, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. When we say that you're all I want, that means we're saying no to everything that this world offers us. 
every lie that we believe on social media, every difficult situation with family, we're saying no, we're leaving that in the past because we're believing for a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our families' lives, in our schools. So tonight, I don't know what you walked in here with. I walked in with some heaviness. Tonight, I'm gonna be honest, I walked in with, oh, sorry guys, I walked in with a little bit of heaviness tonight. But I know that if I stand here, and if I believe that the Holy Spirit will come and move in my life and in my situations that I'm walking through, then I know that I'm gonna be okay. I know everything's gonna be okay. So Bridge Youth. I love you guys so much, seriously, deeply from the bottom of my heart. You have no idea how much Bridge Youth means to me. So as a family, can we just believe together and ask for a move of the Holy Spirit in this room to start right here tonight? Come on, can we do that tonight? Is that okay with you guys? Okay, here we go. We're gonna sing Holy Spirit. presence of the Holy Spirit to move in your lives, I believe that he will answer that prayer. And here, Bridge Youth, we believe in you guys. We believe in the next generation. You guys are not the church of the future. You're the church of today. So I'm going to invite Kai to come up here and pray as we start service. So can we give our, can we lift our hands for Kai? Come on. All right. If everyone could bow their heads with me, please. God, we thank you for this wonderful night that you bless us with. I thank you for everyone that's here, and I pray that you let them know that they are here for a reason, God, and help them know that they are loved. We know that you will bring the message tonight, God, and it's whether we're obedient and open our hearts to you, God. So I pray that we will have humility while we hear this message, God, and have confidence in you and what you have in store for us. God, I pray that you will bless Wyatt during his message, and you will give him the right words to speak, and you will give him peace and strength while he blesses us with his word, God. So I pray that you can anoint him while he's on this stage, God, and help your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. All right, Bridge Youth, it's gonna be a good night. So why don't you high five three people and tell them, hey ya.
to Asking for a Friend. I'm your host, Barry Miles. Don't forget it. Are we ready for our last question? Yeah! Let's hear it, Bert. Hey, man. It's important to me to support my woman. So, ladies, what are your dreams? Aww. If I thought like you, Bert, I'd still be married. Let's hear from the ladies. Sunshine? Um, my dreams typically change with the moon cycle, but today it's telling me that I should befriend every wild strawberry. What did I expect? Rebecca? Well, I'm a teacher and I love writing. I would just love to get my works published someday. Beautiful answer as always. Miss Voltana, what's your dream? I don't sleep. Of course you don't. Well, Bert, it's that time of the show. I love you, <laughs> Seems like the choice is pretty obvious, but who is it going to be, Bert? Are you going to choose Sunshine? Rebecca Smith? Or Princess Voltana Vicaria? You know, I really loved hearing all of the ladies' answers, but there's only one that really stuck out to me. I was thinking the same thing. You know, I just kind of want to follow my heart, and I'm going to choose... Princess Voltana. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! All right, well... That's it for this episode of Asking, Asking for, for a Friend. Thanks for joining us, and don't touch that dial. Wednesday Nights with Wyatt is up next. Hey! Let's make some noise for Burt Beaver! <laughs> hey, what's going on, Bridge Youth? Hey, how we feeling? Tired? All I can say is that what was up with the weather today? That was insane. I woke up and it was raining. I left for work and it was raining. I got to work and it was raining. In the middle of the day, it got sunny. At some point, we were with our SOM students in the office and I hear like, people running down the hall in the, uh, in the hallway right next to our room, and I hear, like, shouting. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if this was, like, a disaster, I would hope that they would come in and, like, tell us beforehand. But they are running down the hall, and they're shouting something. And we, and we can listen, and they're like, it's snowing! And they all run out, and it was just hail. And then at some point, it started to actually snow. And then it got sunny again. So... I don't know what happened today, uh, but I hope that your day was less chaotic than the weather. Hey, my name is Wyatt. Uh, I am one of the leaders here at Bridge Youth. I'm also on staff here, and I just want to welcome every single one of our first-time guests, or maybe you are back at Bridge Youth. You took a little hiatus, you took a little season off, whatever it may be, uh, but you are back here with us tonight. Either way, we're just so happy that you are here, whether you are joining us in person or online. We like to greet all of our guests by saying that we are here to build you up, not... 
Hey, we love you guys so much. Uh, if we have not yet met, I would love to meet you guys. Um, and I realize that, you know, within the few times that I've spoken here at Bridge Youth, and for some of you who come here regularly, you probably see me every once in a while uh, just kind of do random stuff throughout service or just throughout the time that we're here. And I realized that you really only know a little bit about me. And so I thought that I would go um, and tell you a little bit more about me in case you don't already know. Or if you already do know about me, maybe there's some things that I'm going to share that you don't already know. But like I said, my name is Wyatt. I'm on staff here at the church. I am over our amazing young adults ministry uh, here, which is amazing. And I do a few other things as well. Uh, I'm also married to the amazing, beautiful Miranda, uh, Celine Vega Staggers, who is spectacular. Thank you for marrying me. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for everything. Uh, yesterday was, was funny because when I got home from work, I asked Miranda, I was like, so tell me about your day. She's like, well, I went to work. And she works at a school, by the way. But she said, I went to work as Wednesday Adams. And I'm like, just... Just cause, or like, do you normally like? Is this a, is this like a new thing? And then at some point, I said, okay. So what did you do afterwards? She said, I went into Albertsons to get ice cream. And I said, were you still dressed up? And she said, yes. And so she went into Albertsons as Wednesday Adams. And I said, well, did anybody like get a autograph or a picture? She's like, nope. I went in with my head down. I speed walked to the ice cream and I checked out. And I'm like. That's my woman right there. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but a few other things about me maybe that you don't know is that uh, we don't have any kids, but we do have a little miniature uh, Dotson, and he's just a little, just a little furball, basically. Uh, he's just a long guy. And essentially, what we've realized with our dog, his name's Finn uh, or Finno or Finley or one of my favorite ones, Finnard. Um, Sometimes I call him Finardo, just because, just I guess. Uh, but what we realized early on while having our dog, he's only like a year old or so, we realized early on that he has really bad separation anxiety. To the point where, like, if you stand up from the couch, he can be in a dead sleep snoring. And as soon as you get up, he will immediately wake up, look up at you, and make sure that you're still within the vicinity of the room. And if you leave the room for whatever reason, he gets up off of the couch and runs after you because he just doesn't want to be separated at all. And I had a moment like this a few weeks ago where at our apartment, we have the living room in one area, but then you have the kitchen kind of in like the same area. There's an island right there. Uh, but you can see all the way through into the living room. And so I got up from the couch after watching a show with Miranda and I was getting a drink or a snack or something. And as I'm getting up into the kitchen, I look out into the living room and I just see our dog laying down, just staring, just right at me. And I sent a picture over to the, over to the tech team, if we can just see what that, what that looks like. Um, <laughs> here's all I can say. That dog looks like he pays the bills at the, at the house and he, I can t assure you he does not pay the bills at all. He just lays around uh, and doesn't really do much other than, other than that. Like imagine waking up and you just see your dog, just eye looking straight into your soul. And there's nothing back there, by the way. Like I've, I've looked into his eyes. It's just, it's just darkness beyond, beyond that. Um, but that's a little bit about me. 
My name is Wyatt. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, and I'm going to be giving you guys the message tonight. We have been in a series called Asking for a Friend. And we did this last week when I introduced our guest speakers, uh, Pastor Zach and Ashley. But I asked if I could get some, like, crowd cooperation. And what they did within the video before the little game show that they had is that the crowd was supposed to go asking for a friend. So what I want to do is I'm going to say hey, we've been in a series tonight called, and then you guys are all going to say, asking for a friend. Sound good? Cool. Hey, so we've been in a series so, so far called, hey, and this whole series has been about dating, relationships, uh, sex, marriage, love, all that sort of stuff. And you're probably wondering to yourself, I came in, I'm single, uh, why am I here right now? Like, like, what am I about to learn at this moment? Well, we believe here at Bridge Youth that ultimately you are going to learn about these things no matter what, right? Whether you're here at our youth group, whether you go to another church, whether you're just at school, you're on social media, uh, you watch any type of TV show or movie, like you are going to learn about these things no matter what. And so ultimately what we want to do at Bridge Youth is that we want to equip you with the truth about love, sex, dating, marriage, relationships, all these sort of things. Because you're going to hear so much stuff and you're going to hear so many lies from society that you might as well have the truth to know what's real. And so that's what we want to do. So throughout this series, we've been going through and asking these questions and ultimately answering them throughout this series. So the very first week... Uh, Pastor Corey talked about avoiding sexual sin. The next week he talked about red flags. What, what to look for um, in terms of what you don't want within a relationship or a dating partner. And then last week we had our senior associate pastor and his wife, uh, Pastor Zach and Ashley, come in, drop some wisdom, drop some experience for us in terms of finding and being the one. Now tonight... What I want to do is I want to take us into a more like foundational message. The question that I have and that we're going to be answering tonight is this. Does God really care? Does God really care? Now I know what you're thinking. This could go in so many different directions. But what I'm going to be talking about tonight is does God really care in terms of who I'm in a relationship with? Who I date? who I marry, if I marry, what kind of person uh, I'm going to become to my spouse, what kind of husband I'm going to be, what kind of wife I'm going to be, what kind of person am I becoming within my relationships? Does, does God really care about all of that stuff? Does God really care about all of the details? And I think sometimes what happens is that we can almost have this image of God where he is so mighty and so big, where he created everything and he created us, but yet, within him uh, creating everything, he's just outside of time and space, and he has no involvement within our life. It's actually an idea called uh, deism, and the people who believe in this are called deists. And essentially, the whole idea is, is that God is just out there in time and space, and he made us, but he doesn't have any relationship with us. But I want to let you know that God is not just the God of out there. He's also the God of here as well. 
He's a personal God. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to know what's going on inside of your life. Even though God already knows what's happening, he wants to have a relationship with us anyways because he's close and he's personal and he wants to be near with us. And he cares about the small details of our life, even if it pertains to who we're in a relationship with, who I'm going to future uh, marry one day, who I'm going to be, well, uh, you know, one day when I'm, when I'm 20-something year, years old and I'm trying to find the one, right? God cares about those things because he's not just the God of the universe. He's also, he's also our personal true God. And that's really what I want to talk about tonight is does God really care? And I'm kind of already answering that statement with yes, but I want to jump into why God cares, how God cares, and what that looks like for our life. So what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be going all the way back at the very beginning of the Bible. We're going to be jumping into the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is kind of where we're going to be camping out at. We're going to be going through a few different verses um, a few different ideas from there. So to start off, we're going to be in Genesis 1, verses 26 to 27, and then we're going to jump over to chapter 2, verse 7, okay? So Genesis 1, 26 to 27, and then jump over to chapter 2, verse 7. And really what I want to do tonight is, whether it's your first time here, whether you feel like uh, you're ready to date or you're supposed to date or maybe your parents gave you the permission to date or not. I feel like that this message is for everyone in the room. Whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you are a leader, whether you're a student, whether you're in middle school, high school, you get the idea, right? It's for everyone. And so really what I want us to do is maybe you think to yourself this message isn't for you. But can I tell you, it might be for the person right next to you. It might be for the person in front of you or behind you. So what I want to just stress and challenge is I promise we're not going to be here for a long time. Can we just keep all sort of distractions, talking, conversation to the very end right after service? I promise you I'm not going to keep you for a very long time. And I'm pretty sure that the conversation, the talking points can probably wait until after. Because I really do believe that God wants to speak and God wants to do some things inside of people's lives tonight. Is that cool with everybody? Dope. Hey, let's stand uh, within the reading of God's word as we jump into Genesis 1, 26 through 27. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phones. But if not, we're going to ha be having it up on the screens just for y'all. Here we go. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, talking about when God made everything at the beginning of time. This is what it says. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And then let's jump into Genesis 2 verse 7, where it gets a little bit more detailed in terms of how God made human beings. It says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to just be in this place, to be in your presence, God, to worship you, to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to students tonight. Lord, I pray this message would hit home for a lot of us, Lord, if not all of us. And that, God, that ultimately uh, your transformative work would be inside this place tonight, God. Help us as we go throughout our night to hear from you and to listen to what it is that you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, we can all say. Amen. All right, have a seat. Hey, my very first point 
for us tonight. Someone say point number one. We are going to be talking about God cares for his creation. All right, point number one, God cares for his creation. Does God really care? God cares for his creation. So when we look at this story within Genesis chapter 1, we see that everything before uh, verses 26 and 27, that God makes everything. And I don't know exactly how God did it, but according to the Bible, what God is starting to do is that he's almost like imagining what he wants to see, and then he's just saying it. So he says light, he says, you know, the earth and the stars, and all of this stuff is starting to form and come together. And the way that God does it uh, within Genesis chapter 1 is that it pertains to like a week, essentially. So it says day 1, day 2, day 3, so on and so forth. And as God is making all of these things, at the very end of the day, he ends with saying, and God looked out into his creation and he saw that it was good. And at the very end of him making everything, there's still one thing that's missing. And God doesn't quite know exactly within that point. Of course, he does know. I'm just kind of adding some uh, details to it. But God looks out into his creation, and he notices that something is missing. And then he starts to think of essentially a being that could be made within his image. And that's how we came about within the creation of human beings. But if we read throughout Genesis 1, we realize that as God is making everything, he makes humans a little bit differently. See, what God does is that God starts to think about what he wants and then he just speaks it into existence. Or he just speaks it uh, just outright and it just happens. But instead, when it comes to human beings, when it comes to you and me, instead of God just speaking us into existence, it says that he went down and he formed us out of the dust. It says that he got down into his creation and he began to make us. He began to form us together. As if to say we're different. As if to say that we're set apart. And it almost seems like that God took his time with making you and me. And ultimately, if we can gather any sort of knowledge from this, we can understand that when you care about something, you are willing to take your time on it. Right? When you care about a person and when you're finally with them in person, guess what you're not going to do? You're most likely not going to be on your phone texting somebody else, being on the phone with somebody else. You're going to give them eye contact and you're going to give them time because you care about them. Right? You're going to take time out of your day to be with that person, to have a relationship with them because you actually care about them. And it's not to say that God doesn't care about the rest of his creation, but what I'm saying is, is that it seems like God is putting special and extra care within making you and me. See, there is no other uh, thing that is here on this earth that is created by God that was made within God's image except for you. The only thing that God breathes his breath of life into is us. The only thing that he seems to form out of the dust is you and me. And that's because God cares about you. And maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking to yourself, man, I have never been to church before. Or maybe even you thought to yourself, I've been hurt by the church. I don't really believe in God. I've been let down by God. But can I tell you that even within your hurt and even within your pain, God still cares about you. God still wants the best for you. God still loves you. Why? Because he made you specific. He formed you together. God didn't just rush the existence of you. He didn't rush the production of you. He formed you together. In fact, the word of God goes into detail as you read on into it. And it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
It says that we were knitted together within our mother's womb. Now, I have never knit before. Does anybody knit inside of this room? Like, you actually knit. Michael, put your hand down. Unless you actually do, then I don't know. But all I know is that knitting takes a lot of detail, right? Knitting takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time. You really have to care either for the person that you're knitting for or the thing that you're knitting to do it successfully. Now, what that tells us is that if God knitted us together, then it shows how much God cares about us because he is willing to put the small details of our life together. He's willing to take his time and to put effort and to put care and to put value inside of our lives. It says that even before we were born, even before we were in existence, God formed us and God knew us. Because he cares about you. Because he cares about the details. Because he cares about the small things in your life. Can I tell you that God gave you your humor? God gave you the things that only you would know about yourself. And he didn't give them to you as like random coincidences, but he gave you to them for a purpose because he cares about you. So then we dive into it a little bit deeper. And we see that God makes another thing called relationships because as God makes Adam and as he forms him from the ground, he starts to notice one thing. He starts to notice that Adam, like he's getting a little bit weird at this point. He's, he's like talking to the lions. He's talking to the tigers. He's like trying to befriend like a rock at some point. Like it's not really within Genesis. I'm just adding a little bit of detail to it. But God is noticing that Adam needs someone. And we see this within Genesis chapter 2, um, if we can get those verses up on the screen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and then we jump down into verse 21 and to 22. And just to add some context really quick before we jump into Genesis 2, 18, is that after every single day that God makes whatever the uh, creation account was for that day, he says that it is good. But the one thing that God noticed that was not good was that man was alone, was that he didn't have somebody, was that he was just all by himself, he was isolated. And this is where we find ourselves within Genesis 2, verse 18. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And then we jump down into Genesis 2, 21 through 22. Uh, which says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. The Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. So ultimately what happens is that God sees that there's a need that Adam has and it's relationship. He needs somebody to be with him. And so what does God do? He makes someone specifically for Adam. As we talked about within last week from Pastor Zach and Ashley, they said that Eve was a suitable or a compatible partner to Adam, which means that she was made specifically for Adam. That's care. That shows that God cares not just about Adam, but also for relationships. Because within this moment, if God didn't actually care about Adam, he would be like, hey, man, it's not good for you to be alone. I don't know what to tell you, right? But instead, he sees the problem and he answers the problem. And he goes ahead and he makes relationship. And not just marriage or dating, but he makes relationship in general. And if God cares about his creation, and if relationship is a part of God's creation, then that means that he cares about that too. Can I tell you that God cares about who you end up with? God cares about the person who you're becoming. God cares about the small, little 
seemingly insignificant details about your life. Not just because he gave them to you, but because he gave them to you for a purpose. And that includes the relationships that we're in. Does God care? Yeah, God cares. Because he cares about his creation. And he made relationship. And he made relationship just for us so that we wouldn't be alone. So that we wouldn't be isolated. So that we would be better off with someone else. God made someone specific for Adam and God wants to do the same thing for us. Why? Because God does care. Let's jump into point number two tonight as we look throughout this story. Um, point number two might be a little bit of a challenge, I'll, I'll admit. N not necessarily a challenge for me to preach, but a challenge maybe for some of us to sort of uh, wrap our minds around or for some of us to receive. And it's simply this. Point number two, he says no because he cares. God says no because he cares. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself right now. Wait, so God's not just going to give me everything that I want? Wait, so that means that God's not going not, not gonna to do everything that I want him to do? See, this is what we see within uh, Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17. So essentially what's happening within this story is that uh, Adam is made. There's no Eve yet. And God is essentially giving uh, Adam a tour of the Garden of Eden. And he's showing him everything. He's showing him, you know, all the livestock, all the animals. He's showing him, you know, all the trees and all this stuff. And we see within verses 16 through 17, God says this. He says, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So what does God do? God immediately starts to tell Adam what he can eat and what he can't eat. Notice there are all of these trees within the garden, but there's only one that he cannot eat. There's all of these yeses, but then there's one no. Ultimately, what we have to understand is that God has a particular character about himself. We have to understand is that God is a God of order. We have to understand that God is a holy God. And God is also unchanging as well. So that means that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So since God loves you yesterday, he's going to continue to love you today because he's not changing. He's unchangeable. And so what we can see is that if God is a God of order and if God is a holy God and that's part of his character, then that means that God cannot uh, contradict his character. God cannot go against who he is. In fact, I would put it this way. God cannot contradict his character for our convenience. God cannot contradict his character and who he is for our convenience. Just to make life easier for us, right? God's going to continue to be a God of order. He's going to continue to be a holy God. And some of the ways that God does this in terms of him saying no to us is that God's going to do something called, he's going to set up boundaries in our life. He's going to set up certain parameters in our lives. Think of, think of almost like a fence being built, right, to, uh, to cattle, sheep, or livestock, or something like that, right? And essentially, whatever is in between that fence, whatever is in the middle of it, whatever is within the boundaries, it's meant to keep that thing safe. It's meant to keep some sort of order around that. But the way that we look at boundaries is that we look at boundaries as, man, God just doesn't want me to do that then. God, God, just, God just wants to control my life. 
He just wants to be over every single thing that I do. God's oppressive. God's mean. He's cruel. He's not nice. He just doesn't, he just doesn't want to give me, you know, all of this stuff. We have to understand that boundaries are not a bad thing. In fact, God makes boundaries for our benefit. It's not that God makes boundaries so that our life would be oppressed, but God actually makes boundaries so that we would grow in life. Because even throughout all of creation, we see that God makes boundaries even for the natural things. Think of it like this. When God makes the sea and the ocean, he distinguishes between uh, where the sea is going to be and where land is going to be. Now, I know that when it comes to the ocean, there's all types of mystery about it, right? Some of you guys might even be a little bit scared of the ocean. Could anybody admit maybe there's a little bit afraid of the ocean, what's out there, what's in it? how much we don't know about it, right? Supposedly, we know less about our ocean than we do about space, like some crazy thing like that, how giant space is, but then how, how crazy our own ocean and seas are. But what does God do? God makes a boundary between the ocean and the sea and land. See, the ocean is awesome when it stays in the ocean, but the moment that the ocean starts to come up on land, it's a natural disaster, Right, The moment that the ocean begins to come into the space and be able to cross the boundary of land, it's no longer the ocean, it's a tsunami. It's, it's no longer like this, you know, nice place where you, can, where you can sail a boat or like, you know, swim or scuba dive. It is now like a literal raging wave and is ready to cause destruction on the earth. But that's what happens when you don't have boundaries. When you think about it like this too... Um, a fireplace is nice, right, especially when it comes to this type of weather. But what would happen if the fire that is within your fireplace just jumps out of the fire and it just spreads throughout your house? All of a sudden now you're freezing cold because your house just burned down and you have no roof over your head, right? So fire is nice when it's in the right boundary, the ocean is nice when it's in the right boundary. The same can be said when it comes to relationships, a relationship is awesome when it's in the right boundary, when it's within the thing that God made. See, here's the thing, is that God did not make boundaries to oppress us. God made boundaries so that it would have a proper place, so that it would have a purpose, so that it would benefit us. And ultimately, what we have to realize is that if God made relationship, if God made marriage, if God made dating and love, shouldn't we listen to him when it comes to the type of boundaries that are in place? Don't we think that if God's a God of order, if God is a holy God, that ultimately those boundaries are not just made by accident, they're not just made by random, but they are made for a specific purpose? And ultimately, when we look at boundaries, we have to understand that God isn't always going to give us what we want. Nowhere within the Bible, at least from what I've seen, maybe your Bible says it, but then it wouldn't be the Bible because it doesn't say it within the Bible, but... Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God will give you everything that you want. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God will supply every single one of your wants. Instead, God will supply every single one of your needs. God will supply for what you need, not always what you want. And sometimes we get it twisted because we are praying to God all about things that we want, but not about things that we need. We pray to God, God, let your will be done, a.k.a. God, let your will be done if it's something that I already want. God, let your, God, oh God, please be in control of this situation. If I could also be in control at the same time, right? Like, 
God, I give you, I give you my whole life, but I'm also going to hold on to a little bit of it because I don't really trust you. Right, like we pray these prayers where it's like, God, do what only you could do. God, God, move throughout my life, but we're not actually giving God everything. We're not giving God everything that we want. We're asking God, God, can you do all of these things that I want, but we're not really asking God for what it is that we need. It doesn't say that God's going to answer our prayer based on every single one of our wants. It says that God's going to answer our prayers based on his will for our lives. God's going to answer our prayers based on how he designed us, based on our future, based on what it is that we actually need. One of the things that I think about when it comes to relationships is this idea of someone who is, just go with me for a second, someone who's at McDonald's, right, or they just got McDonald's. Anybody like you, you love McDonald's, you are a... You are a Ronald McDonald. You just love him so much, right? Or think of, think of like the most unhealthy meal that you can think of, right? The meal that you love the most, the, the like, like the comfort food, the one that like if you, have, if you have two portions of this, your heart is thinking like what are you doing to me right now, right? Like it's about to skip out of your, skip out of your chest. Think about that meal for yourself. Now imagine this. Imagine that meal and you praying, God, before I eat this McDonald's, before I eat this fill in the blank, God, would you just give me all of the right nutrients to my body as I eat this, Lord? God, please just let it sustain me. Let it, let it, just, let it just work, God, all throughout my body. Lord, just let it give me all of the right vitamins and minerals and all of the right things, God, in Jesus' name. You're laughing because it's like, uh, yeah, probably not going to happen, right? God, as I eat this McDonald's, Lord, let me just burn off all of the calories at the same time, Lord, in Jesus' name, right? And we laugh at that idea. Like, that's a joke. But you know what isn't a joke? But it's within the exact same vein. It's within the exact same idea. And I'm just going to look over here. I'm, I'm going to preach to the wall because I'm not going to make it seem like I'm talking to anybody specific. But this is what it's like. It's like when you're in a toxic relationship or when you're in a manipulative, unhealthy relationship and you pray to God, you come into youth and you're like, God, oh, would you just bless that relationship, God, please? God, would you just, would you just move Lord, over us, God. Lord, would you just bring us closer together, God. Lord, I know that we have some difficulties and there's some things that are happening, Lord, that just, uh, it's just messy, God. You ever tell God that? Lord, it's just messy. But God, I know that you can make a way. So Lord, please just make a miracle happen within our relationship. And that seems like a joke, but can I tell you, can I, like, can I just be real for, for just a second? That makes it seem like that I wasn't real the other moments before, but I promise you I was. But anyways, is that I, when I was much younger, prayed similar prayers like that. Where you are in a relationship, you are in an unhealthy relationship, you are in a relationship that God never intended for you to be in. It was not his will but you just decided, you know what, I like this person, I'm attracted to them. Let's just call it for what it is. You were not in love with them, you were in lust for them. Let's just be real. 
and you were in a relationship with them and things were not good, or maybe even the relationship did not work and you broke up with them or they broke up with you and now you're heartbroken and now you're at the altar and you're praying, God, would you just restore this relationship? Would you just do what only you could do? Here's the thing, is that in the same way that we pray for God to give us nourishment and vitamins from eating junk food is the same way that we pray for God to bless an unhealthy, toxic relationship. And here's the thing, is that God can totally do that. God can completely change their heart. He can completely change the situation. He can take that unhealthy junk food and give you every single type of nutrient and nourishment that you need for your body. God can take every little bit of that toxic relationship, every single unhealthy part, and he can make it all better again for you. But here's the thing, is that God does not do that, and it's not because he's he's going against his capability, but it's because God is never going to go against his character. It's not the fact that God can't do it. It's not the fact that he is not capable of it, but it's because it goes against his character. It's because it goes against who he is. It's because all of a sudden, if God were to do that, it's because he's going to be breaking a promise that he made to you and to me to where he's not going to give us everything that we want, but he's going to give us everything that we need. And here's what we have to understand is that if you are in a season like that right now, if you just went through a heartbreak or if you're praying a similar prayer, obviously not in a joking matter, but this is a moment where you're like, you know what, that is me. I have been praying for a relationship that isn't working out. I have been praying for something that just isn't going the way that it should. And I've been praying in a selfish way. Can I just tell you that behind every no, there's a better yes. In every season that God says no, he's saying no because he has something better for you. God's not saying no just to control your life. God's not saying no so that he can oppress you. God's saying no because he's saying, man, if only you would know what's behind that. If only you would know how I'm going to work through that situation. If only you would know the type of yes, the type of relationship that I have for you. You know what God's telling you? God's telling you, you are selling yourself short within this relationship. I'm, I'm not the one who's oppressing you. God would say this. You're the one who's oppressing yourself by being in this relationship. Maybe there's a reason that it didn't work out. Maybe there's a reason that God said no. Maybe there's a reason that it didn't work within the boundary. And the reason why is because God's not going to always give you everything that you want, but he's always going to give you something that you need. Can I tell you that that's caring, that that's good, that's love. And I know it's difficult sometimes for us to hear that word, no. No, I'm not going to do that. Right? We, 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 we always love the part of the song where it's like, all your promises are yes and amen. Let's just lift up a shout of praise right now. I'm just kidding. Um, Jake's like, we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> but we love that part of the song because it's like, God, yes, like give me everything, Lord, give me everything. But we don't like the part of the song where it's like, God, let your will be done. God, do move through this situation, God, but only if it's what I actually want in, in return. We got to understand that even when God says no, he's not doing it because he hates us. He actually does it because he loves us and because he knows that there's something better beyond that no. In fact, it's not really a no. It's more of like a not yet. It's, it's more of like, hey, it's just not the right timing. 
It's just not the right season right now. It's just not the right situation at this point. There is something for you, but it's just not right here. It's just not right now. So God's not really saying no. He's just saying not yet. Why? Because he cares for you. God is not a yes God. Sometimes he's going to tell you no, but he's not going to tell you no to oppress you. He's going to tell you no because he cares for you and because he cares about who you are in a relationship with. Amen? Hey, as the band heads up, uh, I'm going to be shutting down shop pretty soon. Uh, let's jump into the very last point for this message. So we talked about how God cares for his creation, how God's going to say no because he cares. And then we jump into the last point tonight where it says, God cares, so he sent his son. God cares, so he sent his son. Let's read through uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 23. So essentially what happens, spoiler alert, if you did not know this already, but Adam and Eve, remember that tree that they weren't supposed to eat from? I don't know what kind of fruit it was, if it was a pear, if it was an apple, if it was like some sort of like crazy dragon fruit that they were like, whoa, we should definitely try this, even though God who made everything told us not to. And they ultimately eat it. And they did this thing called sinning. And if, uh, and if you're familiar with that term, really what that term sin comes from is that it's an archery term. And that it just simply means that you've missed the mark. There was a mark that you were supposed to hit. There was a standard that God set and you missed it. You didn't hit the mark. You, you, were, you were off. Whether you were off by a little bit or you were off by a lot, you still missed the mark. And that's ultimately what Adam and Eve did. And so they sinned. And going back to who God is and his character is that since God is a holy God, meaning that he is free of all evil, that means that God cannot have sin within his presence. Because one of those things has to go. And if you read throughout the Bible, you will see time after time again where people have sinned, where they miss the mark, and they try to be in God's presence, and it does not work out for that person. Because God's a holy God, and God's not going to change who he is. And so we see within Genesis 3, 23, it says, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. So ultimately, like I said, they sinned. And as a result, there is now a separation between God and us as human beings. And because all of us ultimately have come from one source, which is Adam and Eve, and since they sinned, that means that that uh, curse essentially has been passed on from generation to generation to generation. And now all of us are essentially heirs to that curse. Where since we are born into a world of sin, then that means that we are naturally prone to sin. We are naturally prone to separate or miss the mark. We are prone to separating ourselves from God because of sin. But that's not where the story ends. Because if you continue on throughout the Bible, really the Bible is just a long roadmap in which God tries time and time and time again to be with his creation, to have relationship with them. Why? Because God cares. Because God cares about you. Because God loves you. And ever since Adam and Eve sinned, you know, God wasn't like, hey, I just forget it. I'm just going to separate myself completely. Since you separated yourself, I'm just going to separate myself and I'm just going to go on doing 
doing my own thing. But instead, God continuously tries to reconnect with his people and reconnects with humanity. And ultimately, one of the things that God does is that he sets up these laws within place. We're not going to go all throughout them. But one of the main things that God sets up is that he sets up these things called offerings or sacrifices. And essentially what you're meant to do back in those times is that you're meant to take a uh, animal, a lamb, a bull, some type of animal that it's listed, and you are meant to sacrifice that animal for your sin. Essentially what that what that does is that that animal takes on your sin and it takes the price for your sin so that you would be made holy and that your sins would be atoned or paid for and ultimately you would be able to be within the presence of God. And that separation uh, would be uh, closed, right? And it would bridge the gap between that separation. But ultimately, humanity begins to fail. They continue to do their own thing. They continue to fall short. And so what God does is that God sends an ultimate sacrifice for us. And he sends his son named Jesus. And the reason why Jesus sends his son is because he cares about you. It's because he loves you. It's because he cares so much about relationships that he would be willing to send his only son to die and sacrifice his life so that you would know him, so that you would be in relationship with him. See, it wasn't because of anything that we did, but it's because of who God is. And it's because of his character and it's because of his love and his care for you and for me that he would be willing to send Jesus to die, to be the ultimate sacrifice and to take our place so that we would have a relationship with him. God cares so much about the relationships that you're in that he would be willing to risk it all to have a relationship with you. He would be willing to send his son to die a death that he did not deserve so that you would have a chance at knowing him. It's a very popular verse um, that we're gonna be reading through right now. And it's found in John chapter three, verse 16. We're gonna be reading through uh, 16 through 17. And this is what it says. It says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, if you don't know this already, the Bible was not written in English as its original language, as I'm sure you already knew. But one of the languages that it is used in within the New Testament specifically is Greek. And this word uh, gave as you look into the original language, you will realize that there's certain words that either don't mean how it's translated or they'll mean a little bit more than how it's translated. And that can be said about this word gave. You see, gave within the Greek doesn't just mean to give, but it means to give one to someone to care for his interests. Meaning that God did not just give Jesus out of love, but it was out of that love that he gave Jesus because he cares for us. I even, did, I even dug a little bit deeper. The definition of interest is the state of wanting to know or learn about something or someone. So that means that God cares about you so much that he gave his son so that you would know him. And on a cross, Jesus took your sin. He took you missing the mark hundreds and thousands of times. He took all of that upon him. He became the ultimate sacrifice so that whoever believes in him 
whoever accepts him into their heart and into their lives would not only know him, but ultimately that separation that was caused long, 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 long time ago would be bridged because of Jesus. Ultimately, God cares so much about your relationships that he was willing to give his only son so that he would be in a relationship with you. You know, at the very beginning of these messages, normally we have what's called a sermon in a sentence, a, a, a quick sentence to just give you an idea into the direction of where we're going to summarize the message. Or it's like one of those things where if you don't hear anything from tonight, just know this. And I'm about to give you the shortest sermon in a sentence maybe within Bridge Youth history. And it's answering this question, does God really care? Sermon in a sentence, God cares. He cares about your relationships. He cares about who you're going to be. He cares about who you're dating, who you're with, who you're going to marry, what that's going to look like. He cares so much that he gave his only son just to show, I am willing to risk everything just at the chance of you knowing who I am. It wasn't God saying, hey, can you, can you try to climb all the way up to heaven and get to know me? Hey, can you try to do all these sort of things to know me? Instead, it was God saying, let me reach out my hand and let me touch humanity with my son. Does God care? God cares. What I want to do um, is that I do want to give a moment for people to be able to accept Jesus into their hearts and into their lives. And the way that I want to do it is a little bit different. Could we actually... Just everybody stand up, come up to the very front. We're going to jump into a time of worship right now. Not distracting anybody, not, uh, you know, taking away from this moment right now. We're just coming up to the front. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. You know, what I want to do tonight is something that's really simple. God, just hold on, just one, just one moment. It's okay. It's all good. Don't let this move, don't let this lose this moment. Like I said, I want to give the opportunity to be able to accept Jesus. We're going to pray a simple prayer. We're going to, we're going to repeat some words that come from our heart because for some of us, we're going to make a decision for the very first time to say, you know what? I don't want to be separated from God anymore. I don't, I don't want to have this separation go on inside of my life. Maybe for some of you, it's like, I used to know God. I used to follow God. I used to be uh, devoted to him and I used to be faithful to him. But there's just been a separation that happens and now it feels like there's a disconnect. Can I tell you that tonight is also for you as well? So what I want to do, can we just all... Just take a corporate moment and just close our eyes right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. You know, we do this because it's not about anybody else. It's not about the person right next to you. It's not about the person who brought you or who invited you. It's about you. God cares about you on a personal level. All throughout the Bible, God uses the same term, to describe himself. He says, the Lord, your God. 
Because God is close. Because God is near. Because he cares about you. Because he wants a relationship with you. And tonight, I just want to open up the floor and open up this room for people to accept Jesus and have their lives transformed by him. So right now, if that's you tonight, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? That's for me. I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. I want to be able to have this separation in my life bridged because of Jesus, and I want to accept him into my life tonight. Maybe your heart is racing right now. Maybe you feel like something's tugging on you. Maybe you feel like something is just happening inside of your mind, inside of your heart right now. Can I tell you that's something called the Holy Spirit, and he's telling you that tonight's your night. So all across this place, I'm just going to count down to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand as a sign of saying, yeah, that's for me. I want to accept Jesus. And I know for some of us, that might be a bold move. For some of us, it might be a moment where it's like, I don't know if I could do it. Can I tell you, you can do it. Because God wants a relationship with you. Because he cares. So all throughout this place, once I get to three, if you want to accept Jesus, just lift up your hand as a sign of saying, that's me. One, two, three. Three, all across this place. Make that decision. Amen, amen, amen. You can put your hands down. Hey, I want to, uh, I want to pray a prayer, but I want you guys to repeat it after me. You know, let these, let these words not just be words that you say, but let it come from your heart. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross for your sins, and that God rose him from the dead, that you will be saved. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing tonight right now. So all over this place, we just repeat these words after me. Jesus, I've missed the mark. And I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And tonight, I accept you into my heart. I accept you into my life. Transform me from this day on. Jesus, I love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can you make some noise for the people who accepted Jesus tonight? Man, incredible decision. Honestly, there were, there were hands all over the room. It's amazing what you just did. Hey, uh, let's not lose out on this moment really quick. Uh, what I want to do right now is as we talk about, you know, God caring, God caring for us, maybe for some of you, like you really have some sort of hurt in your life. You really have some sort of hurt in regards to your spirituality and the relationship that you have with God or your understanding of God. Can I tell you that if you came into this place feeling like that, this is the perfect place that you can be in because God wants to meet you and God wants to change whatever sort of perspective that you once had about him. And God wants to heal hurt tonight. He wants to heal scars and things that have happened inside of your life because you feel like, man, if only God would have shown up here, if only God would have done this instead. And you feel like that there's some sort of like emotional scars or there's some sort of like trust issues going on. Hey, let's not distract anybody right now. Let's, let's really take this moment seriously because God wants to do something inside of people's lives tonight. So can we just take another moment just really quick, as we jump back into worship, maybe this is for you. Would you just bow your head one more time, close your eyes, and if you would just feel comfortable, if, it, if you feel like that that's for you, 
and you just need God to speak to you tonight. You just need God to, to heal some things that are going on inside of your life. You feel like that there's some like spiritual or emotional scars over your life. Could you just lift up both of your hands as a sign of saying, God, I, I need you to speak to me tonight, God. I need you to do something inside of my life tonight. Lord, you see every single hand. You know every single heart, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just move throughout this place, God. Lord, that you are in control, that you are in control of our thoughts and of what it is that happens inside of this place, God. So I just pray that you would have your peace, your presence, your spirit fall over us right now, Lord. I pray that you would speak specific words, specific messages to people, Lord, that whatever it is that's going on inside of their hearts or their lives, God, that you would just heal them, that you would touch them, God, that you would be close to them. Lord, that if there's people that have to be reminded of your goodness and of your faithfulness, God, that you would do that. Lord, that you would speak not just uh, overarching statements or prayers, but that you would actually speak specific things inside of people's lives, Lord, tonight. That you would do what only you could do inside of our hearts, inside of this moment, Lord. God, do what only you could do, God. We worship you tonight.
one of my favorite things that Wyatt brought up tonight about God's character is that he's holy. And we sang about it in this last song. And, and maybe you're not familiar what holy means or, or you're kind of confused. It means to be set apart. And how... How awesome is that, that we get to serve a God who's holy and who's set apart and who's matchless. But not only that, he's a personal God and he knows every single one of you and he knows the relationships that you're in and the decisions you need to make. And maybe that message that Wyatt spoke tonight, maybe it's speaking to you tonight and you need to make some decisions when you go home. And he's gonna be right there walking alongside you making those decisions. So hey, some of you made some special decisions tonight to follow God. So hey, can we just give it up for everybody who made the decision? That is the best decision you will ever make with your entire life. And hey, here at Bridge Youth, we wanna back you in that we believe in you. So hey, all you have to do is just DM Bridge YTH underscore, just DM us the words next seven, it will take care of the rest. Basically, all it is is seven videos of Pastor Corey walking you through what these next seven days are going to look like of this faith journey, and we don't want you walking it out alone. So make sure to DM Instagram. But hey, can we just give it up for everybody who made that decision tonight? Also, if you're only pulling up on Wednesdays, bro, that's only half the party. Y'all gotta pull up on Sundays, 11.30. We have connect groups. It's a great way to be in fellowship and to get those questions answered. So hey, pull up on Sundays. We love you, Bridget. We hope you have a great Wednesday and we'll see y'all Sunday morning.